Welcome to True Gay Crime. I'm your host, Patrick Morano. And in this very special review episode, we look back at some of our favorite moments from stories that we've covered in Season 1 of True Gay Crime. As the first season comes to a close at about six months in and 30 episodes deep, there's a lot of material to talk about. But first, a huge and heartfelt shout out to my season one patrons, Louise, Karamina, McLovin, Donald, Carrie, Autumn, Gary, and Justin. I can't tell you how much your support has meant to me and it has really given me the strength to finish this season with a bang. So thank you guys so much. My patrons, of course, get lots of perks, and you can get them too. Perks like behind-the-scenes videos, advanced access to episodes, the ability to participate in patron-only polls, discounts on merchandise, reaction videos, and even bonus episodes you cannot find anywhere else. These bonus episodes are TGC, True Gay Crime, Just the Tip true crime in half the time and often their story suggestions from my patrons or my patrons hometown crime stories so if you want to join the true gay crime patron family head on over to the show notes of this episode to find the link and if you've been enjoying the podcast but aren't part of the facebook group or instagram page those links are also in the show notes of every episode. It's the best way to keep up to speed with all things TGC. You'll find reviews, shoutouts, new merch, and promo of episodes. Speaking of merch, it's a great way to show your support and love for the show. There's t-shirts, mugs, stickers, canvas totes, phone cases, and so much more. Just go to the show notes for the link. Now, I get it. Sometimes money is tight, so if you're looking for a way to support the show, why not just tell a friend about it? That way you'll have someone to share your opinions with and unpack an episode with too. And another way to support the show that's absolutely free, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, is to rate and review. Just scroll down, tap the stars, and write a little something-something. Now that Season 1, like I said, is coming to a close, it's the perfect time to show your support. So... To be honest, I didn't have a plan going in of how long a season was going to be. I was really just playing it by ear, and it hit me that while I was researching the Andrew Cunanan episode, um, that this would be a good time to take a little pause, because that is such a big and famous case, and I felt like it's really the perfect note to end a season on. So it might seem like this is coming out of the blue, because it kind of is for all of us. And with about 30 episodes to listen to, if you need to do a little catch-up, now is a great time to hear those episodes you missed or re-listen to the ones that you loved. But when you go back and listen to the very first episodes, please keep in mind that the format and the tone of the program has changed a little bit and I feel has improved (laughs) as I've been doing the episodes. So listen with kind ears. Thanks. Okay, without further ado... Let's look back at some of the highlights from Season 1 of True Gay Crime. We start with Episode 1, which was on Kevin Lee Graff. And it's the reason I really started this podcast in the first place. Because I was living in Los Angeles... And that's when all of this went down. It was in my neighborhood. And already being a true crime 
fan uh, and having this happen in my own backyard. I mean, I even went up to the murder house. And that's how it all started. I was listening to other true crime podcasts and I thought, wait a minute, I have a true crime connection and I'm a fan of the genre and I used to be on the radio. I could do a podcast too. So obviously I chose Kevin Lee Graff as my first, as my maiden episode. And what an amazing story that was because as I was recording that episode, um, I was walking my dog and I met one of my neighbors and for some reason, Kevin Lee Graff's name came up. I didn't bring it up. I swear to God. If you heard that episode, you've already heard me discuss about what happened in the park. I didn't even bring him up. She brought him up. And the fact that me, and I called her Tina in the episode just to you know, give her anonymity. Um, Tina and I used to live in Los Angeles, mere blocks away from each other, when this went down. She, her backyard butted up against the murder houses and she just happened to be out of town when Kevin Lee Graff was in the backyard hopping fences and killing people. Now, years later, we both have moved to Toronto and she's my neighbor again. And we randomly met in the park and Kevin Lee Graff's name came up. What? While I'm recording and editing the episode for my very first true gay crime episode. What? I I don't think, I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud again, I'm like, what? (laughs) What? That is so weird. It's just, I don't think I'll ever get over all of the weird, like, little coincidences there. And so, thanks to her telling me her sort of connection to the story as well. I mean, I thought I, you know, living in the neighborhood and everything had a small connection. But she, I mean, her house butted up against the other houses. And, oh my god. Anyway, she was out of town at a Madonna concert. So, <laughs> she likes to say, Madonna saved my life. So, that was an amazing first episode. Um, just... All the connections and all the, I don't know, coincidences. Like, we both live, it's not just a different city. It's not just like, oh, we both lived in LA and now we both live in San Diego. We both lived in LA, now we both live in Toronto. It's like clear across the continent and a different country and we're still neighbors. Again. Like, okay. Uh, So that first episode of Kevin Lee Graff, also I did an unearthed episode. Now, if you don't know what unearthed is, it's my YouTube channel, which um, complements True Gay Crime, the podcast. And my intention, it was to do as many collaborations with other co-creators and true crime fans, and where we would unpack an episode of True Gay Crime. So I ended up doing three of them, which was great. One of them being for Kevin Lee Graff with my good friend uh, and drag race reviewer and YouTuber, Wilma Fingerdo. I'll put her link um, to her stuff in the description of this uh, episode as well so that you can check out her stuff. If you watch Drag Race, um, Wilma does the whole review situation and she's very funny. His name is Richard Ryder out of drag and he's a stand-up comedian and he's very funny. I've known him for years. We were both on the radio together. So to have him on my YouTube um, channel, Unearthed, doing Unearthed was uh, really a treat. So that was really fun. So make sure to check that out. Then with episode two... I covered Bruce MacArthur, who I chose because he's a hometown homicide 
a hometown story for me. Bruce MacArthur was killing men in Toronto. So it felt close to home. Uh, I was here when it was happening. Um, there was lots of drama around it. And I thought, okay, this would be a good second episode. Now, I did receive, I want to address that I did receive a listener review, which I love getting reviews. And I, I really appreciate when somebody leaves a review it doesn't have to be five stars and, oh my God, you're, you're God's gift to podcasting. I get it. I'm not. So sometimes a review comes in that's not five stars. And, but, but when it's, when they eloquently say the reasons why, um, you know, there is room for improvement, for example, like this listener did, I truly do appreciate it. So I want to address this because it was about the episode two of Bruce MacArthur. And I'll just read you the review. It goes... I love true crime, and I'm so excited there's a true crime podcast focused exclusively on queer crimes. I've only listened to the Bruce MacArthur episode, and I think more research could have been done with such an important case for the Toronto LGBTQ2S community. There were inconsistencies in the narrative, and I believe the broadcaster said he had just used Wikipedia as a source. So... I'm bringing this up because I want to address this review. Um, yes, absolutely. I actually just did use Wikipedia for that episode. Um, but keep in mind, <laughs> that was at the beginning of my journey. And uh, I was just so happy that the Wikipedia page was so full of it. If you go to the Bruce MacArthur Wikipedia page, you'll see what I mean. It's not just a little dinky page. It's, it's really, really complete. Yes, but the reviewer is absolutely correct. You should have multiple sources so you can check that the information that you're giving out is uh, legit. So absolutely, I should have more sources. And moving forward in every other episode, I have had multiple sources for my um, stories. So the review goes on and says, also, I found the multiple references to the killer's use of Prozac a bit insensitive. So I absolutely went back and listened for those moments in the podcast that I brought that up because um, I am very careful usually not to stigmatize any sort of mental health issues or anything like that. And uh, I think the reviewer is right. So I listened back and the first mention that I did was kind of a joke that maybe didn't land properly or maybe actually is inappropriate. So I said in the episode, that Bruce was prescribed Prozac, and then I said, which obviously didn't help. So what I was trying to say, and probably not well, was just that, oh, here was a guy who was down, being prescribed something that is supposed to bring you up and make you happy, and then what I'm saying is, well, obviously that didn't help because then he went on to be a killer. So probably not um, the best joke to make, but it's it. I did say that. Um, the second mention I said was I was talking about red flags or warning signs um, of somebody who, warning signs to look for in somebody who may become a killer. And I mentioned that Bruce had already been to a psychiatrist and been on Prozac, which listening to back, uh, listening back to that is, again, a little insensitive. So the review is right because I in no way meant that Anybody who goes to a psychiatrist or and is any on any kind of medication, you know, will become a serial killer, or that that's the basis of being a serial killer, or that means you're crazy. Um, 
absolutely that's not what I meant because doing the research for a lot of the other episodes I have realized that there are a lot of mental health issues going on with the different so I don't think it wasn't specifically about the Prozac it wasn't specifically about um, that mental health issues equals you're a serial killer obviously that's not true I guess what my point was that he was already having mental health issues that he was trying to take care of but I guess addressing it wasn't helping Obviously, I'm, I'm even having uh, trouble <laughs> explaining myself now. So can you imagine like six months ago when I was starting this journey and I didn't know anything? So I'm not totally surprised I put my foot in my mouth a couple of times. So if I did offend anybody with these comments, I do apologize. That was not my intention. Thank you for <laughs> everybody for sticking with me. And this is a learning process for all of us. And of course, thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you for, you know, the listener for writing that. I really do appreciate it. I love to learn and grow. And I do want to hear from you. Um, comments, suggestions, everything. And to that specific listener, I hope that you're enjoying the other episodes of this podcast. And I would love to hear from you again to see if maybe I'm doing better now. Okay, let's move on to episode three. I'm not going to run through every single episode. It just happens that the first three are three that I'm covering. So <laughs> this is this is not like a 10-hour podcast. Episode three was Luca Rocco Magnata. And I'm bringing this one up because that was another unearthed that I did for YouTube with my writer-artist friend Roland Chambers here in Toronto. He's a huge name here in Toronto. Um, if you live here or you've been here, you know who Roland Chambers is. We did an Unearthed on YouTube. Um, I'm going to put his links in the description of this episode as well. And uh, if you haven't seen that conversation between me and Roland, I invite you to go to YouTube and check that out. Episode 9, I covered Herb Baumeister. So he was living in Indiana, and he was sort of picking up guys on the freeways and then killing them and stuff. I mean, this was a very typical, he was married with children, you know, homo undercover, um, killing guys. I don't feel like there was a lot in terms of originality to this story, but for some reason, and I'm bringing it up for this reason, on YouTube, because I post my episodes on YouTube as well, even if it's not an unearthed, unearthed I will do with certain guests and we'll unpack an episode. If I don't do that with a guest, then I'd still post the episode as an audio. So you can go to YouTube and you can listen to all of my episodes there on YouTube. So I posted the one on Herb Baumeister. It has so many views and I don't know why. I have other, you know, because most people listen to a podcast and, you know, Apple on Apple or Spotify or wherever. Not a lot of people listen to podcasts on, on YouTube, but I post it there anyway. So you have a choice. Um, so some of the audio files have like, you know, 10 listens or whatever. This one has, last I checked, had like 600 and I don't know why. Like why Herb Baumeister? Is it that one specifically? I don't know. Or did YouTube just pick it up in the algorithm and just toss it out in front of people and everyone's clicking? I don't know. I don't know why. Anyway, episode nine, Herb Baumeister is doing great on YouTube. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Episode 10 was Jeremy Thorpe. Remember Jeremy Thorpe? He was the British guy, um, the political scandal where they devised a plan to get rid of the guy that was blackmailing him because he couldn't, you know, Jeremy, this was back in the days, you know, the 60s and 70s and whatnot, where you couldn't be out and a politician, etc. 
So I'm bringing this one up because I did another unearth, my third and final unearth of this season, with Politico writer-photographer Mitchell Rafel. Now, this guy is an intellectual. So this was a really great... And I chose Jeremy Thorpe because Mitchell used to write uh, a, a political column. So he has a lot of you know background knowledge and a lot of experience with this stuff. So he was he was the perfect person to have for Jeremy Thorpe. So again, if you haven't seen... That unearthed, uh, true gay crime unearthed on YouTube. Go check it out. The Jeremy Thorpe episode uh, with me and Mitchell Rayfall. Episode fifteen: The Lethal Lovers, Gwen and Kathy. Remember them? So this I covered rather recently because Autumn Rose Fish, who is one of my patrons, recently contacted me. But I can't do a review of the season without talking about Autumn because of her connection with the lethal lovers, Gwen and Kathy. Her great-grandmother was staying at the residence where Gwen and Kathy were killing people at the time they were killing people. Okay? Then Autumn, you know, much later on, Autumn is born. Then Autumn gets a job, she moves down to North Carolina, and then guess who gets out of jail? Kathy. And where does she move? North Carolina. Was it North or South? I think it's North. North Carolina, to be with her sister. And where does her sister live? 20, was it 20 miles or 20 minutes? Anyway, she lives close. Yeah, not 20 miles, 20 minutes, 20 blocks. Why do I have the number 20 in my head? (laughs) I'm sorry, Autumn. (laughs) Kathy lives close to Autumn in North Carolina. I mean, not that she's going to kill her, but I mean, you know, Kathy should be in jail. Anyway, so that's another like super connection there. So thank you, Autumn, for being a patron. And thank you for your story, letting me share that story with everybody. Episode 19. Do you remember Luis Garavito? He's the Colombian guy who lived in the Andes and he was going from town to town and he is, he racked up the biggest murder number ever, ever. Like not just, we're not talking about gays. We're talking about the planet. Well, okay, that we know of. And in modern times. Okay, I'm not going to bring in like, you know, hundreds of years ago because there was a lot of death going on. But in modern times, this guy, he killed upwards of 400 boys. And he wasn't just killing people. Like it was disgusting. He was like abusing them sexually and just dismembering, like, this guy's a monster. And I, I'm making you remember this because there's an update on Luis Garavito. Of course, he's not dead because they don't have the death penalty in Colombia. So just to recap, his sentence that he received um, over 20 years ago totaled more than 1,800 years. But there are fears that he could be freed this year, 2021. After serving only 22 years and only three-fifths of his sentence, which was reduced after he helped police find the victim's bodies. He's up for parole this year. He's up. Okay, I'm assuming he's not going to. I mean, let's assume he's not going to get it. I mean, they're not going to let this guy out, are they? But the fact that he's even up for parole, that it's even a discussion. How? How? And it's, I mean, he, he, he's guilty. He told you where the bodies... I mean, like, there's no... I, I, I can't... The good news is, and here's the update, because I mentioned that he's up for parole soon in the episode, so that's not really an update. The real update 
is that he may not even make it to his parole. You know why? Because he's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, yeah! Boo! Sorry, should I be celebrating that somebody's dying? Anyway, so he might not even make it to his parole date. He has terminal leukemia. So we'll keep an eye on that. Episode 27 I did on Stonewall and Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Now that one was very timely too. I mean, I timed it with pride, so that makes sense. And for me, I mean, I am gay. I am so gay. But I didn't know this stuff. I mean, I knew the name. I didn't know Sylvia Rivera. I didn't know her. Marsha P. Johnson, I heard about something about a brick. I don't know. Stonewall. That was a bar, right? See, like, it, what? If you didn't hear that episode, please go to episode 27. Listen to the Stonewall episode. It's so great. It's in terms of it's important. It's important for us to know these stories to know where we came from and to know where we're going. And nobody is going to teach you these things. They're not going to teach you this in school. There's not going to be a special gay class where everything is gay and they teach you all gay things. So it's important that we know the history so we can tell friends to and we can pass on the history. So that's it for the episodes. I just wanted to do a little review of season one, recap some things, talk about some listener reviews, some emails, and some updates. And as I wrap up this special episode of True Gay Crime, I know that the time that I'm going to be away is going to fly by. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to me, please do. It's truegaycrime at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments, questions, suggestions, whatever you got. So thank you all again for coming with me on this journey, and I will see you in Season 2 of True Gay Crime. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to find the True Gay Crime Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at True Gay Crime. And we'd love to hear from you. Do you have an LGBTQ crime story from your city? You can send your story to truegaycrime at gmail.com, and I'll share it on a future episode of the show. Did you know you can subscribe, rate, and review True Gay Crime on Apple Podcasts? It would mean everything to me if you did, because it helps me create content you like, and it lets Apple know to share it with more people. Thank you for listening. And remember, always look behind you, lock your doors, tell someone where you're going, and look out for each other. Why can't we all just get along? <laughs>